Welcome everybody to the Before It Was Cool podcast episode 6 of the series. I'm your general host Thomas Roberts here with a very special co-host Tim Price. Tell everybody about yourself Tim. Hey Tom, how you going man? Uh, I, I guess the the thing that people I guess most know me from is uh, you know I run I run some uh, heavy music uh, based businesses so you know I work uh, in publicity around heavy music, I run a publicity company called Collision Course PR, and uh, I run a, a heavy music radio show called uh, The Faction. And uh, you know, I guess for for about thirty six or thirty seven years of my life, I've, I've probably thirty five, thirty six years of my life, I've been a massive Star Wars fan. And uh, and yeah, today I guess I just I really wanted to just like nerd out and have some big uh, Star Wars chats, you know, and, and uh, you know, I get to talk lots about like heavy music on other podcasts and stuff, but this is, you know, this is my chance to just kind of nerd out and co-host this and, and get some opinions out and, and just, yeah, find yeah. out, find out what other people like dig about Star Wars as well. Yeah. And uh, for me, like I've run heavy metal radio shows, heavy metal podcasts, all that stuff. And like you, I've been working in the industry for a while with mostly heavy music. And yeah. this podcast is a chance for me to, like you said, nerd out and talk about the things I like. And if you haven't guessed already, ladies and gentlemen, today's theme is Star Wars. <laughs> We're going to go across the nine uh, main films, the Skywalker, Skywalker saga. Saga. And then also the Mandalorian we're going to go into. Uh, we would go into Rebels. We would go into Clone Wars. We would go into all, like the uh, Caravan of Hope and oh. all the Ewok films. But uh, unfortunately, there isn't 24 hours to run a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've, we've cut it down. And yeah, I hope you all enjoy the show. Right now, as you all know, uh, is the intro. And I'm a very self-deprecating artist, so I don't like my own creations. But I hope you enjoy the intro. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for surviving that intro, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I really don't like what I create. Uh, in the first segment, we're going to talk about episodes one, two, and three. We're going to go in chronological order, even though they're not the order that they were brought out in. So we're going to talk about the prequel trilogy, yep. the Darth Vader old Anakin Skywalker uh, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start off with The Phantom Menace. And obviously, you can't mention The Phantom Menace without bringing up Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I guess, you know, there, I spent such a long time, and I think it's before, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels really gave him another life, um, that... Like while I enjoyed the aesthetic of Darth Maul, like you know, oh wow, he has a double bladed lightsaber. He looks like such a badass. He flips around. He's 
you know, he was the first sort of lightsaber uh, combatant to really, you know, to to give a lot of like real energy and life into a lightsaber battle. Um, you know, because if you go back to the original uh, movies, like all the lightsaber battles and that are all quite slow moving and, you know, they're a product of their time. Then you fast forward to, to 1999, Phantom Menace comes out and you get, you know, that first trailer that dropped, you know, and there's that iconic shot of him igniting both sides of the saber uh, yeah. in, the, in the trailer and, like, people lost their damn mind. Uh, and, like, I really enjoyed that. Um, but, I mean, like, for a long, long time, sort of, like I said, before Clone Wars and Rebels and that sort of stuff, I spent a lot of time thinking to myself, like, you know what, Darth Maul really, like, he's just quite aesthetically cool. He's not that, you know, I think, I didn't particularly think he added that much to the actual storyline or anything like that. And Clone Wars and Rebels really, I think, gave him that back, background and, and depth and, and actual interesting things about him. Um, it was unfortunate. I think he's, he's a really cool looking character and he and you know that he brought you know real intensity and all that sort of stuff to the to the saber battles but you know if you boil it all down he really didn't like have much purpose in that film um, yeah i know he spent i think it was eight and a half minutes yeah on screen, total the whole screen movie. time yeah exactly yeah. exactly and you know uh i i, I think uh, look, we're going to get into this in that in this first like prequel trilogy discussion. <laughs> I think is you know they're all directed by George Lucas, and yeah. and uh, I really, I really think George probably should have had other people direct these films. Yeah. Like, and you know, I, I, obviously I love George Lucas. I think he's a you know a fucking genius. But uh, I really think his like his directing years were well behind him. And in fact, I don't necessarily think he's even necessarily a good director. I think he's a, he's an incredible mind and an incredible writer and he's got an incredible amount of people around him to help shape uh, the films that end up on the screen. Uh, But I think, you know, I, I think he probably should have in the same way that he did for Empire and Return I think he probably should have deferred to other directors uh, yeah. on the prequels and just, you know, and, and wrote and, and, you know, wrote the things and, and directed the, the storyline from behind the scenes. It's, uh, yeah, he, he wrote it all, but he, yeah, like you said, he directed it all, but, uh, yeah, he, he did a good job with No Hope, or as when I was growing up, it was just called Star Wars. Mm. Uh, but he did a good job with that. But like you said, Empire Strikes Back is probably the best film in the entire nine, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, we're in agreement there. I mean, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah. Um, and he handed the directorial uh, reins to someone else. The same with Return. Yep. And uh, then the sequel trilogy which we'll get into it was uh three different director or sorry two different two directors, directors. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh it was going to be three it was going to be, was going three, to be colin, but... colin trevorrow was going to do uh rise of skywalker the guy did and, jurassic world 
Jurassic, uh, J.J. Abrams actually said the biggest mistake he ever made was uh, not agreeing to do The Last Jedi. Yeah, uh, oh man, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> We're going to yeah. get to that, I'm sure. We'll get to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, The Phantom Menace, it, I rewatched it for the first time in like years the other day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for me, it wasn't the worst of the prequel trilogy. No. That's not saying that the prequel trilogy was good per se, yeah. but it was still better than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, I was wondering where, where you stand on that because I think the, the biggest, um, I think the biggest opinion on the, like the prequel trilogy is like, which do you think is worse, one or two? And I used to think it was, I used to think it was the Phantom Menace, but then I went back and watched Attack, Attack of the Clones. And man, that that the first fucking forty minutes of that movie is unwatchable. Yeah, it is absolutely unwatchable. It's boring as all hell. Yeah, man. Even that, even that whole sequence of like chasing that bounty hunter through like Coruscant, through the, you know, through the skyways, and and in that, you know, Anakin and Obi Wan chasing them in that flying taxi and. And oh, oh my god, it's painful, man. It's really yeah. painful. And like it's... the dialogue, and there's just like there's just things that happen, like they fly through that big like electric field thing and it zaps <laughs> and it zaps them, but it does nothing. And they're like, Oh, that was close. You're like, what? Why did that happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and... it, there's just so many things that happen that you're like, that why why did you even and... include that? And they killed Boba Fett. Uh, like, J- Django, Django Fett. Django, not Boba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They killed Django Fett, like, quickly. Like, sure, it was an iconic thing, but he could have lasted another film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, uh, but also, like, it served its purpose, I think, of being the inspiration for why Boba is kind of so, you know, is the way he is. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, but again, you know, like you said, that could have taken place in in uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, it didn't need to happen so suddenly. Like, don't get me wrong, it was cool the way Mace Windu decapitated him, but at the same time, that could have happened in a more epic fight in Revenge of the Sith, like you said. Mm. But uh, the reason I... why I put the Phantom Menace above... Attack of the Clones is because Phantom Menace introduced people like Darth Maul, introduced people like Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. It had better characters that were yeah. newly introduced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, too. And and look, what like while I believe it needed to happen, like and he's like in terms of you know, in the lead up, I don't know if you remember any of the marketing or, you know, leading leading in stuff to the release of Attack of the Clones, but you know, George you know, was really not shy about saying about how Attack of the Clones was a love story. Um, and I mean, it is, and it needed yeah. to be. I don't necessarily think he did a, a good job of it, um, but it did need to be a love story of how these two, you know, star-crossed lovers uh, were meant to like come together um, and, and, and be the parents of, you know, Luke and Leia eventually. Um, but like, like I said, it comes back to, you know, I don't necessarily think he's a great director and he just didn't get performances out of them in Attack of the Clones that gave me any sort of sense of like, oh, that, that makes sense. They, 
they're in love. You know, they, I didn't really get that, you know, from yeah. them. The, uh, the best theory I've heard about Attack of Clones is uh, when Anakin and Padme uh, are on uh, Naboo yeah. and Tatooine for, uh, for some of it. Yeah. Uh, Anakin, uh, I don't know how to say it probably, he uses the Force unwillingly, unconsciously, and makes Padme fall in love with him. Ooh, I don't like that he theory at all. He doesn't realize that he's doing it, and that's why uh, Padme falls in love with someone that was like not even a preteen when she first met him. Nah, nah. So I don't buy that at all. The only, the the only, like the problematic thing that I think that's with it is like the man goes out and just like slaughters a whole bunch of people, like, <laughs> like slaughters all of the Tuscan Raiders. And Padme is just like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I'm I'm in love with this guy. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. And she and that's... I mean, yes, it's in revenge for you know his mother dying, but she just it, it's she's far too quickly to just be like, oh my god, you poor guy here. Like, like rest your head on me. Like, it's like, like no, this dude just like murdered a whole bunch of people, uh, <laughs> you know, and you just like forgave him instantly. It's it, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't buy that. Like he was using that. That's, that seems really date rapey to me. And I, yeah. and I don't like that, uh, at all. And I don't think uh, that's to me, that's like a, that's like an incels take on star Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's more, it's more of a fan theory. Like, yeah. Uh, I, the my, whole, the honestly, Ewoks man, ate the stormtroopers theory, <laughs> which I mean, we'll honestly, man, I, I, there's a lot of fan theories I really hate. Yeah, I, I, I oh. can't stand a lot of the fan theories. It's just like, stop trying to propose these ideas. Just like <laughs> the canon is out there. It's like they were like, and and the gaps are filled with comic books. Like, there's a whole Darth Vader series going on at the moment. It's filling in a lot of gaps. And it's just yeah, like, I've got just wait for that the... rather than propose these outlandish fucking theories. Yeah, although one of them I know for a fact got made canon. Yeah. It, some and of them we'll do get gain, gain steam, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Attack of the Clones, it had its moments, like uh, the whole, the battle inside the Colosseum. Yeah, the Geonosis, the, the Geonosis stuff uh, with the big, uh, you know, and then there's the big battle with all of the tanks and, the you know, uh, all of the different droids. And, I mean, all of that's really cool, man. Like, yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, really serves to kick off, you know, the Clone Wars and, and gave so much of the aesthetic and so much of the, you know, set off so much in motion for, you know, those those cartoons, the Clone, Clone Wars cartoons, uh, yeah. and which has opened up the universe so, so much. Um, which recently got re-added to Star Wars canon. Yeah. By Disney. Oh, do you mean the, cool. the original Tartowski cartoons? Yeah. Yeah, like, they're really cool. That was the ones I saw re-added. Yeah. Yeah. And uh because Disney owns majority of Marvel, they yeah. uh, have added the comic books back into canon as well. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. I've got the first fifty four editions of the comics sitting on my shelf right now. Oh wow, they're and, like the original ones from but like between like seventy seven and eighty three or whatever it is. Like the Uh yeah, one of them is from that era, and that's number one. That's the one I won't touch. 
It's yeah. in like its own little case, case. and it's like yeah. protected. Amazing. I don't want to touch it. But the others are reproductions. Oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. amazing, man. But yeah, they've recently added all that back into Canon, and yeah, I can't wait to see what they do, especially with the upcoming Obi Wan series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm very very keen for that. Yeah, it's uh. Speaking of Obi Wan and epic lightsaber battles, The Revenge of the Sith easily, in my opinion, the best of the prequel trilogy. Yep. It is up there as one of the best Star Wars films, in my opinion, because of that and battle. Yeah, yeah, it's a, I mean, I think, you know, to me, like, obviously a lot of the, you know, the set pieces and the and the, the fight goes on for, uh, I'm certain it's almost, a, it's 25, 30 minutes worth of the end of the film. And like, I think even more than the the actual saber battle itself, I I really, what I really appreciate about that is it, that just the emotion that is pouring out of both of them, just yeah. that they don't they don't want to be fighting, uh, but it's an it's a necessity. They they've they're at the, the the end of their their tether, like they've been, you know, they they've opposing views have forced them into this position that, you know, you know, like Obi-Wan says, you know, you're my brother, you know, you were, you you know, you were meant to bring, you know, balance to the force, force. you know, all of that sort of stuff. Like he's, you know, he's doing everything he can to not hurt his friend um, while, while defending himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and he's just like, you know, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Like I've, I'm begging you, don't do it. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt you. You know, Anakin thinks he's, you know, behind the eight ball. He thinks he's painted into a corner and has to and has to do this. You know, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't do this, then you know, then you know, Padme will die. You know, yeah. the the irony of which is that he actually, you know, is the one that hurt her in yeah. the end. And you know, so you know, there's there's just so much emotion pouring out of like every every part of that scene and i think you know just that when anakin's just screaming i hate you i hate you is yeah. is just so and he's just lying there with stumps for for limbs and just scream yeah, and he's, he's on fire and and he's just i hate you it's like those are not words that we had heard in star wars to that point yeah i hate you those were not words that had ever come out of anyone's mouth in that, you know, in the previous six films. And, and like, that's just such a visceral moment and, and his eyes are red and his hair's burning off his head. And, and, you know, it's like, my God, like it's just a vile spewing of dark, you know, dark force energy, just like coming out of him, just. And and, and, visceral hatred. Yeah. 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 It was like that. You know, and I think after you know Attack of the Clones, where you had like such a uh, a wooden performance out of Hayden Christensen, to get him to to get him to do that in that scene is just my god! Like that was some good shit. Like, yeah. But but then to go into you know into the very next <laughs> scene where you go, no, it's like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. You just you undermine that previous scene so badly, and, and we'll get into in a in later segments the old 
he uh, wanted to return to the dark side to kill Padme or to heal Padme, mm. but uh, they actually made a huge mistake in the sequel trilogy with all that stuff, and we'll get into that later. But uh, I, I have a yeah. feeling I have a feeling we're going to disagree on a few things with the sequel trilogy, uh, but that's fine. That's fine. Well, I didn't. I didn't mind the sequel trilogy. I just didn't like one of the films in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But I thought they were pretty good for the most part. Yeah, okay. Cool, cool. Okay. But, uh, yeah, in uh, The Revenge of the Sith, it was so cool. The, uh, <laughs> the biggest dumbass moment of the entire nine film <laughs> saga was when Obi-Wan kicked General Grievous in the shin. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised that it hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I saw a meme of that the other day. It's like if you ever feel dumb, just remember uh Obi-Wan kicked General Grievous in the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the same meme. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that is gold. Yeah. That is yeah. pure gold. I'd, I'd never really given that any thought until I saw that and I was like, Yeah, it's fucking idiotic. Yeah. And uh I think like uh the the whole uh, Mace Window, like only getting into like really two lightsaber battles and the whole thing, but him going out with the way he did was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like with the uh, lightsaber battle at the end against uh, Sidious, and then Sidious electrocuting him and throwing him out the window after Anakin cuts his arm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean that that scene holds a lot of weight and emotion as well, and I think that's why those particular scenes work, uh, you know, just, you know, on top of being, you know, aesthetically cool lightsaber battles as well, uh, is because there's genuine, like these are genuine turning moments, uh, for, for, you know, they're key moments for those characters, you know, um, Mace Windu finally accepting, uh, you know, and, and accepting that, the Jedi had been like super, super arrogant and ignored all of the signs as to who was behind the whole scheme and accepting that it was, uh, you know, Palpatine all along and, uh, and going to confront him and, you know, you know, and, and, and genuinely like, I've got to kill him. He's too powerful to live, you know, that betrays the entire Jedi code, you know? And so in, in a way, even even uh, Anakin, even if Anakin didn't have that motivation of like, no, 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 this guy's important to me. He's going to be able to teach me how to save my wife. Um, you know, there there is something to Anakin preventing Mace Windu from killing uh, Palpatine, just to to save Palpatine as a as a Jedi and and his uh, you know and 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 not you know fall to the dark side by actually by killing, you know, it's not the, you know, Anakin says it right in the start of the film. It's not the Jedi way. Um, you know, so, you know, there, there's, there is a lot of like, th- those are really nuanced moments, I think, uh, as well as being like cool lightsaber battles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, like you said, the whole, you think there could still be hope for Anakin because he's like saying to Mace, he's got to face trial. He yeah, can't yeah. die. That is not the Jedi way. Don't do it. Yeah, like, yeah. And you think, okay, well, there is hope that Anakin can turn back to life. Ultimately, we all knew 
for a fact that he had to become Darth Vader. So that's right. Yeah, there was no hope of him being saved in the trilogy. But in that one split scene, it made you think that there was still hope for him. Yeah. Yeah, he planted and the, the seed the for Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And because like the, those trilogies are meant to, you know, they're they're meant to kind of be cyclical. They they, they you know they they come around like the, these moments come around again uh, in the in the next trilogy, and it's sort of it's it added so much weight to events that were to come later. You know, that the yeah. things that we were sort of like we had accepted as being a part of that original trilogy and you see it and you accept it, but seeing these foreshadowing moments or these, like the things that led to the way that they, that, that character was and their motivations, like that's, it added just so much weight to those moments, you know, it's yeah. great. It was, yeah, really cool. Yeah. And, uh, like, to go back to the end scene where Anakin versus everyone, yep. Not only was it an epic lightsaber battle, uh, the actual story behind the final scene is really cool because George Lucas filmed it, then he realized that Obi Wan didn't pick up the lightsaber. Yeah. So he had to do the reshoot and go back and get Ewan McGregor to pick up the lightsaber. Because he needed, he, eventually he needed to hand it over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. I thought we were done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, and... I remember seeing a meme not that long ago as well, where it was like, it shows that frame where it's like, uh, you know, Obi-Wan giving it to Luke and saying like, your father wanted you to have this when uh, when you were old enough. And uh, <laughs> it's like a flashback to Revenge of the Sith. It's like, I hate you. Also, I give this to my son. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, there are continuity areas, errors all through the yeah. Star Wars 9 main films, and it kind of annoys me, but at the same time, it's nitpicking. Yeah, that's right. Things. That's exactly like, right, man. I think it's just like, look, yo, if you're looking for, like, absolute believability on these things like just let's just remember we're watching science fiction here you know yeah and and things are a little flexible let, let, just you know this movie was made 40 you know something some odd years ago just yeah. like give it a fucking rest and accept that like you know sometimes you can't make the pieces fit later you just have to make it best make it work best you can you know yeah exactly like and like this annoys me but uh, my wife calls it Harry Potter in space. It's just a bunch of wizards with light swords. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like, that annoys me. It that annoys, annoys me. me quite a bit. Harry Potter came much, much later. And... Yeah, I'm like, if anything, Harry Potter is Star Wars on Earth with less cool shit. Yeah, I yeah, I, no, I can't get on. <laughs> I can't get on board with that at all. No, never can I. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. So, uh, in in order, where would you rank the uh, prequel trilogy? Like, would you go one, two, and three, or three, two, and one from f best to worst? Uh, look, I would say it'd be three, one, two. Yeah, probably the same. Like I said, Phantom Menace just added too many really cool characters. And that final uh, scene on Naboo, even though it, its main distraction was it added Jar Jar Binks, 
Yeah. He's, I was wondering when we we're going to get to Jar Jar. I was about to bring him up. <laughs> he his story could have been cool, but they just made it not cool. Yeah. Like, if you look at it, there is a very large gaping hole to make him a very secretive Sith Lord. Uh, he's, the, nah, he's the one that turned the Senate over to yeah. the Emperor. He's have you, the one that caused all the problems, all that shit. Have you read he, about, uh, like, there was a, there's a, a novel uh, called Aftermath uh, that got released a couple of years ago. It's in canon. Um, that explains where Jar Jar is as of the sort of post-Return of the Jedi. Where is he? He lives on Naboo, and he's, yeah. he's basically a street busker. Uh, he's an outcast to <laughs> to all like all like to the Gungans to the Naboo everything like he he's basically like he's there like making like balloon animals for kids on the street like, like that's that's his that's ultimate where that's is. where he ends up yeah it's like and and there's like a kid that comes up and asks him like you know what you know why he's so sad and he's like uh, you know <laughs> the, you know I I made I made a bunch of mistakes you know I, everyone thinks you know I'm responsible for the Empire you know, doing what they did and, you know, in, in his way, I don't want to sit here doing his accent, but you know, like that's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I make a, I, I make a, a biggie, you know, big O mistaken, you know, like kind of thing. And uh, yeah. And then like, that's it. It's like one scene and it's done. This kid then runs off and rejoins his family. And it's just like, it doesn't even mention who it is, but it's like, it's a, a Gungan who admits that, you know, he, he used to be a part of the Senate and made a lot of mistakes and people blame him for the empire. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's like his story is done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, yeah, it's a novel called aftermath by Chuck. Wendy. Oh, I have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't it's mostly about one. wedge Antilles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, for me. Yeah. Three, one, two, the same. Uh, yeah, Revenge of the Sith was just too good i think it's to... head and shoulders head and shoulders over the other two man like you, yeah exactly yeah like i think finally by th by the third one george had started to run it by his like little team of like friends like francis ford coppola and and steven spielberg and and you know uh brian de palma and stuff like that like and finally showed them that and they gave him their notes and he reworked it to that point, I think uh, after the critical panning he got for one and two, I'm pretty certain yeah. he, he he went back to the same people that he asked to critique a new hope back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what a what an incredible cast of uh, characters that is. Like that that right there is just like the Oscar Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, man. Exactly, it's not but, not nice to call on to get their opinion, you know. That you know they're not going to hold back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. Attack of the Clones introduced some cool characters. As well, like Django Fett. Uh, or sorry, introduced a cool character like <laughs> Django Fett. Uh, but yeah, uh, Phantom Menace. Darth Maul is the ultimate bad guy in my like. Obviously, Darth Vader is. But, yeah. Uh, He's the coolest looking bad guy, in my opinion, in the Star Wars universe. Uh, he, his double lightsaber was just fucking cool when I was a little kid watching it for the first time. Mm. 
Yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing, man. Like I often, um, you can kind of tell, like, which, like, roughly sort of how old people are by like when they like first engaged with Star Wars. Like it sounds yeah. it sounds to me like you know you like the sounds to me like the prequel trilogy was kind of your entry point to it all, right? Uh, the, uh right before the prequel trilogy came out. Uh, George Lucas released all the digital yep. remastered yep. 97, yeah, yeah, 20 year and, anniversary, yeah. And I watched uh, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back and Jedi Returns at the cinema before I saw them. Plus, my parents, who were like old, yeah, yeah, I had, a, had a, the original version of B- VHS, yeah, yeah. So, I've always, always a little bit of a Star Wars fan, but uh. But the first, prequels like, cemented it? The prequels were the first ones I got to see new in the cinema, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, same. Um, but I I had, like, I, I kind of jumped in at about three years old. So I was in 1986. You know, I, I was born in 83 when Return of the Jedi came out. And, you know, so about three years old was the first time I saw uh return of the jedi and that was it for me from there on out and like so by the time you know 1995 or so rolled around and they like the internet just started to be a thing uh which which is when they launched starwars.com and i used to just trawl starwars.com and (laughs) and they they used to um they, they released you know, these were the first sort of movies to start releasing like concept art and bits and pieces from, from episode one that early, like, you know, early, early drawings and that sort of stuff. And like the, the droid tanks, I remember being the first piece of art that were released uh, at all. And it was just like, my God, droid tanks. What the fuck? Like, you know, this is blowing my mind. And, um, you know, and just following that right up to, you know, the moment they dropped that trailer, like that that early trailer for episode one where you start seeing the, you know, the Gungans coming out of the mist and the, you know, the, you know, saying, you know, there's going to, there's a war coming and all this. I was just like, my God, people were going to the movies to watch the trailer and then leave, you know, like they were paying to see a ticket, to get a ticket to see whatever so they could watch the trailer on the big screen and then they just left, you know, like it was... It was absolute mania in like ninety eight, ninety nine, man. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. I've got a uh, story about Revenge of the Sith, but before I get into that, at my parents' house, my sister has this concept art book. Mm. It's like an official Star Wars book, but it's all the concept art that could have been in the films. Oh, and is this, this someone's one... like the illustrated Star Wars universe? Uh, kind of, but it's more like the actual graphic artists that worked on the film made the book yeah it's like not novel or anything it's just yeah, like yeah. here's what the art was supposed to be all this stuff have you seen some of the concept art for darth maul before it became what he was uh i mean it depends what it is what what what, what does he look like there is one with feathers instead of horns yeah which uh. looks kind of cool because the way it's hanging yeah. yeah, he looks like a he looks like he's wearing a headdress, and oh yeah, that's the reason why uh, George Lucas didn't want to go with that because 
thought that could get him in trouble racially. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if that, one... if that were true, he wouldn't have done, you know, Jar Jar Binks or the Nemoidians or, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But, uh, like, this is just what they said in the book. Like, obviously, I've never actually spoken to George Lucas. <laughs> but uh, uh, another one. Have you seen the horror movies Insidious? No. Okay, the uh, demon in Insidious uh, has, like, a red and black face, kind of like Darth Maul, but he has these long... Oh, red, yes, okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. That yes, was I the original that, concept yeah. behind Darth Maul. Wow. Like, yeah, way right. before Insidious was ever released. Wow, like, there you go. He, he looked like a full-on horror villain. That's and, cool. Because uh, they wanted to target children and preteens. With yeah, the prequel yeah. series saga, they uh George Lucas decided not to make him so terrifying. Yeah, okay, yeah, makes sense. Which is kind of cool in my book, but uh yeah, there's like Jar Jar was gonna be originally fat, like yeah, the, I've uh, seen, Gungan I've seen Leader. that. Yeah, I've seen that. And they decided to make him skinny, and I'm like, well, they just should have decided not to make him at all. <laughs> but uh, the, the the decision with that probably came with when they when they cast um, Ahmed Best, I would say, is like sort yeah. of to make him that real live, skinny, like fluid moving sort of dude. You know, would have yeah. would have came from that casting, I would say. Plus, he sold a fuck ton of uh, of merchandise. Like, yeah. There were kids throughout my primary school that had Jar Jar Binks dolls. Yeah. And they used to have these hand puppets where you open his mouth and Jar Jar would say one of his catchphrases. <laughs> he's, yeah. And, I mean, he's infinitely, he was infinitely, uh, you know, toyetic, as, as they say. Yeah. You can always tell some of the uh, characters in Star Wars are just created because they want that sweet, sweet toy money. I mean that's uh, what, but I mean if they if he hadn't have done the merchandise deal with Kenner back in the day, we would never have got Empire Man. Yeah, because, I know. because he did he did that deal where he took like a big cut of the merch, like and and like if he hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have had. Well, we would have ended up with a different Empire Strikes Back. We would have ended up with something that was closer to Splinter of the Mind's Eye, but yeah, uh, it, it uh, like that funded what became Empire Strikes Back because he kept them independent. Yeah, he kept exactly. them, yeah, he kept them away from, from major studio uh, stuff, like which is an incredible achievement in 1979, uh, yeah. you know, to be able to like keep the next one independent and funded himself, like phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Now all the toys are with, uh, is it Hasbro? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hasbro bought Kenner. Yeah. And now I keep explaining to my nephew who, like, because I collect toys as well, and he's all, and I'm after the, uh, the Mace Window purple lightsaber, which I cannot find anywhere. Yeah. I, I know it got released, but I can't find it anywhere. I can only no. find, like, the, uh, the $400 collector's editions, ones that have been released like in the last yeah, few yeah. years. Yeah. That's not the one I want. Yeah. <laughs> I want right. like the old school plastic one from yeah, like 2000 yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, I keep saying to him, and if it says Disney Hasbro, it's not worth shit. <laughs> and he's gone, what do you mean? I'm like, 
Well, Disney pumped out millions upon millions of toys for their sequel saga, sequel trilogy. And if it says Hasbro on it, it's worth a bit. But if it says Kenner, it's worth a fuck ton of money. But Man, I mean, if- I'm I'm just learning that now. I, I mean, I've been uh, my my uh, journey has been like collecting the original '96 uh, Kenner figurines from you know '77 to '85, and yeah. uh, I've I've hit '79 out of '96, and <laughs> and the the last seventeen are the ones that were the Power of the Force series that got released in 1985. Those ones are so rare because, like, by the time they released those, they were just like it just wasn't selling anymore. So they just they stopped making them. So there's just infinitely less of them out there. Yeah. And and you know, in the last couple of years with COVID and all of that sort of stuff, people have just decided to pick up their collecting again because they haven't got money to spend on going anywhere. So they've got money to spend because they're not going anywhere. And it's driven the, the the numbers up on all of these figures. And like, man, you know, I'm talking all of them are, they sit at a roughly like $900 a piece loose, not even in the box, not even with all of their like accessories. This is just the figure, nine, $900. Like, yeah, exactly. seven, and there's 17 of them. I'm like, you know what? I'd love to complete the collection, but I don't have 15 grand to... Yeah to to spend on these like i just can't i just can't and a lot of collectors out there like uh my my uh nephew fell into this trap and i think a few other people i know fell into this trap uh disney and hasbro released kenner dolls about it two years ago yeah they're like the vintage collection yeah yeah but it actually says kenner on them right yeah but right. i might read the fine print on the back it actually says disney corporation released by hasbro under the kenner name yeah right it there is you not go. a kenner doll and then uh i've seen them going on ebay for like five five six hundred bucks yeah like, that's not a kenner yeah so, so yeah i mean i think 79 is about as close as i'm gonna get to finishing that particular collection so we'll see well, well hang in there. Yeah. There was uh if you have if the world ever opens up again and you ever get to go to Comic Con, that's where you'll find them. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, nice. Okay. That's good. Most collectors sell them there very cheap. Oh cheaper than you will get them in a store. If nice. you know what I mean. Yeah, nice. But, uh, uh when was it? Might have been two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Uh uh Boba Fett uh prototype yeah unpainted is the really really rare one it never got released uh there were only three of them ever made and they're all prototypes and only one in the blister pack without the back of the card only the front of the card was done uh but the loose one the unpainted one it's because the rocket on his back fired. Oh, and, yeah, that uh, one. Yeah, yeah, they were afraid yeah. of people choking on it. But it sold for $17,000. Unpainted loose in a plastic bag. Yeah, right. Jesus. There you go. Oh, the carded one, like, without the back of the card, painted all that stuff, 
Still have the glue from where Hasbro uh, displayed out their first Comic-Con display. Yeah. Oh, sorry, right. Kenner. I mean, not Hasbro, Kenner. Uh, uh, it sold for almost 30 grand. Jesus. Yeah. And it's only like a four-inch figure. As well. There you it's go. Not big at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, the three point seven five inch ones. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's uh. But yeah, I I said I was gonna tell a story about Revenge of the Sith, but I forgot. <laughs> uh, about uh two months before the movie released, the game on the PS two released. Yeah, yeah. And they said it does not share the storyline with the movie. So you're not going to get any spoilers. So I thought, oh, fuck yeah. I went through, I played it all, all the way through. I was like, oh, that's a really good game. That last fight where I got to fight Anakin as Obi-Wan was fucking awesome. Then come about a month later, I went to see Revenge of the Sith at the movies. Exactly the fucking same. (laughs) Word for word, exactly the same. No shit. I never I'm played like, that you, game, so there you go. You pricks. <laughs> oh, no, like, uh, you know how Lego always, if you want a spoiler for any upcoming blockbuster, look at Lego. Because yeah, they yeah. always release the uh, the playsets about a month before the movie releases. Yeah. And it's exactly what happens in the movie. Yeah, totally. That happens for all the Marvel films all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Yeah. And often it's that... like if you want to get an early look at what the costumes are going to be like too. Yeah, exactly. And uh but uh, uh just on a little tangent and people who listen to the show know for a fact that I love going on tangents. But <laughs> uh I can't wait for the Marvel series What If. And yeah, that's yeah. only because I want to see the what if of Star Wars what if Star Wars joined the Marvel Universe? <laughs> I want yeah. to see a showdown between Thanos and Vader. I want to see uh, one of my other guests brought this up, but I want to see uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy going around with Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yeah, that'd be sick. Like, it's going to be all animated, but I want to see every what? part of it that yeah. they can offer me. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see Rocket on Chewie's shoulder, you know, like... Yeah. And, you know, them them blasting through some Stormtroopers. That'd be dope. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And then Rocket, like, trying to bargain for Luke's hand. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's, that's bang on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you for sticking around uh we enjoyed ourselves so much talking about the prequel trilogy we have actually made the decision to cut this into three separate episodes and uh next week we're going to be talking about uh episodes four five and six the original trilogy uh the classics in the best in my the best opinion. yeah i was about to say that yeah the best <laughs> <laughs> uh so we're probably going to have a fair bit to talk about when it comes to those three. Now, uh, because of that, we're going to have to, uh, like I said, cut it because like we, 
individually don't have another six hours to talk. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this has been episode six. Next one will be episode seven. Then episode eight, again, talk, talking about the uh, sequel trilogy and Mandalorian. Looking forward uh, to that, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Mandalorian was so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I've been Tom Roberts. If you want to hit up the podcast on email, it's before it was cool at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash before it was cool. Sorry, the before it was cool podcast, all one word. Or if you want to hit me up personally on Twitter, it's Tom underscore Dom 89. That's T O M underscore D O M 89. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug there, Tim? Yeah, I guess, you know, if people want to come and check out the faction, you can just, you can hit it at all of the, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all of that, uh, YouTube, all of that stuff. Uh, just, uh, the, the URL is just slash the faction live. Uh, and you can, you can go and grab the app at, uh, the faction dot live, uh, for, at our website. So. Yeah, if you're into heavy music, um, yeah, grab that up and 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 tune in and check it out. Alrighty, sounds good. Uh, this has been episode six of the Before It Was Cool podcast. See you later. It is time to reveal the big news. The Before It Was Cool podcast is now on Patreon. There are six tiers to choose from, ranging from $1 to $100. $1 gets you just to help. $3 gets you a shout-out in every episode, except for the episodes in the next tier. $10 gets you your choice. You choose the topic, and I record a solo episode dedicated to you with no ads or other Patreon shout-outs. $15 is produce it up you get the opportunity to choose the week's topic and the co-host the code should be attainable and knowledgeable on the subjects 26 spots available $50 gets you the VIP co-host position three spots available $100 is make the school podcast your own you and a person of your choosing make an episode you can even change the intro music and artwork and you can edit or ask Tom to edit to your specifications. Go to patreon.com before IWC and you will get to our landing page. That's patreon.com before IWC. Please support us so that we can continue to provide you with quality content each and every week.